Calling out to the Itascacita community, it's time for your Itascacita Library advanced copy. Get your notes and news now. Hello, Itascacita community. It is March 3rd, 2023. Welcome back to your Itascacita Branch Library advanced copy. A lot of notes and news for our library community here in Itascacita, Texas. March is Women's History Month, and I know that some may be asking, why do we need Women's History Month? Now, while I could go on and on and on, I always am reminded of a scene from The West Wing, when Dr. Abigail Bartlett, performed by Stockard Channing, gives President Josiah Bartlett, performed by Martin Sheen, a lesson in women's history. This is from Season 2 of The West Wing. You know what I did just then? I minimized the importance of the statue that was dedicated to Nellie Bly, an extraordinary woman to whom we all owe a great deal. You don't know who she is, do you? This isn't happening to me. She pioneered investigative journalism. And she's the one I want to beat the crap out of. She risked her life by having herself committed to a mental institution for 10 days so she could write about it. She changed entirely the way we treat the mentally ill in this country. Yes, Abigail. In 1890, she traveled around the world in 72 days, 6 hours, 11 minutes, and 14 seconds, besting by more than one week, Jules Verne's 80 days. She sounds like an incredible woman, Abby. I'm particularly impressed that she beat a fictional record. If she goes 21,000 leagues under the sea, I'll name it school after her. When it comes to historical figures being memorialized in this country, women have been largely overlooked. Nellie Bly is just the tip of the iceberg. I couldn't possibly hear about the rest of the iceberg right now. Elizabeth Blackwell was the first American woman to be awarded an MD. She founded the Women's Medical College. Keep talking. I'm just going to sit here and think about plutonium and the things I can do with it. Belva Lockwood, for instance, the first woman to practice law. She argued a case in front of the U.S. Supreme Court in 1879, decades before she'd have the right to vote. Ellen Swallow Richards, the first woman to be a professional chemist. Mariah Mitchell, who discovered a comet in 1847 and was the first woman admitted to the Academy of Arts and Sciences. Oh, I could go on and on and on and on. The fact remains that of all the monuments built with public money, only 50 of them pay tribute to the women who helped build this country and open its doors to all our daughters who would follow. I encourage you to take some time to look at the display in our lobby as it is constructed these early weeks of March, celebrating women in history, in the U.S. history, and in world history. So you may have noticed that our website is going through some upgrades the events page is the one that has changed first. You are able to register through that new interface. Just go to hcpl.net and you'll notice at the top a banner that talks about how events have changed. Take a look through that. Now there'll be more changes coming up as we transition to this new interface module for our website. For March, we have some great events happening at the Itascacita Branch Library. I want to highlight just a few. Because March is National Craft Month, we are going to have a program for adults on March 10th at 3 p.m. It is a do-it-yourself picture holder. Make these wonderful picture holders and enjoy some good conversation in the process. And registration is currently open for this program. 
go to hcpl.net, click that events area, narrow it down to Atasca Cedar Branch Library to search out for the DIY picture holder. This new events no longer has the ability for me to give you a direct website link that has like the slash and the number that is not currently available, but you are able to still register through the new web page. Teens, join us on March 15th at 3 p.m. for a bookish brunch, a costume tea party. So dress as your favorite book character for an afternoon of tea, treats, and games. Bring the book that inspired your costume along for a round of literary games. Feel free to take your inspiration from books, manga, comic books, or other media. That's Bookish Brunch for Teens. It is on March 15th at 3 p.m. until 5 p.m. Also on March 15th at 3 p.m., we will have a program for adults learning English to come and practice their English. It's just coming together and practicing conversation. So that is March 15th at 3 p.m. Don't forget Board at the Library. This is the fourth Friday of each month in which a collection of board games are available to enjoy. So meet new people and find out some interesting board games or maybe play a classic. That's Board at the Library, March 24th from 2 until 4 p.m. It's time for What's My Read. Hi, everyone. It's Bree here to chat about what I'm reading. Last month, I read A Court of Thorns and Roses, and I really, really enjoyed it. And this month, I read the second installment of the series, which is A Court of Mist and Fury. And let me just say, if A Court of Thorns and Roses was a 4.8 out of 5 for me, this book was a 6 out of 5, maybe a 7 out of 5. It was so good. I read online that this is the best book of the series, and while I haven't read the remaining three books, I am struggling to imagine a better book than this. It's only February, and I feel like I've read my favorite book of the year. I could not put it down, and when I wasn't reading it, I was thinking about the next time that I'd have the opportunity to pick it back up. If you read the first book and you had any reservations about Tamlin, this book will prove your instincts correct. And if you wanted Resan's character to get a chance to develop, it does. And it is everything. <laughs> As for Feyre, her character is put through trials and torture and grief. And she comes out of it more powerful than ever, physically, mentally, emotionally, and magically. She faces and survives Amarantha, the wicked queen over Prithian for Tamlin and the Fairy Realm, and she obtains powers of the High Fae. She gets to go back to the Spring Court, and then her and Tamlin are going to be married. That's a happy ending to the story, right? Wrong. Totally wrong. There was a steep and devastating cost to this outcome that left her a broken shell of a person. She's also bound to the slithery snake who is Resand, High Lord of the Night Court, by a bargain in which he's able to swoop in and take her for a week at a time whenever he pleases. There are moments in this book that had my jaw on the floor in the basement. I gotta give it to Sarah J. Moss. She is a queen of creativity. 
This story takes unpredictable turns that I never could have guessed, and I was so, you know, pleasantly surprised at that. The descriptive imagery in this book is stunning. It's difficult for me to conjure up the setting in my mind of a book when I'm reading, but I was properly whisked away to Valaris. I felt like I was part of the story, and that was so great. The development of characters and their relationships felt natural and their struggles felt somehow relatable, you know, even though they're fairies in a magical fantasy realm. I also wanted to mention that considering, you know, the violence, suggestive dialogue and the language used in this series, it's mature and it's definitely adult material, (laughs) but... If you're an adult and you like spicy fairy fantasy with a strong female lead and a good old anti-hero, I highly, highly recommend this series, especially this book. Okay, thanks for listening to me, Gush. Talk soon. So I was reading a book that is not my usual cup of tea. I picked it because I enjoyed another book that they had written. I was reading The Girl Who Drank the Moon by Kelly Barnhill with my daughter, and I was wondering what else the author had written. And I came across When Women Were Dragons. So this is the first adult novel by Kelly Barnhill. It is very much a feminist tale. I would also say it's kind of allegorical in which women embracing like the power that they have, they can literally transform into dragons. Let me go ahead and read what the publisher has presented about this book. Alex Green is a young girl in a world much like ours, except for its most seminal event, the mass dragoning of 1955, when hundreds of thousands of ordinary wives and mothers sprouted wings, scales, and talons, left a trail of fiery destruction in their path, and took to the skies. Now I want to pause here for just a minute. It says, left a trail of fiery destruction in their path. Now that I don't remember the book describing it really that way, there were brief zones of that. Sometimes the mothers or the wives when they transformed into dragons were able to at that moment I suppose take revenge on their abusive spouses but that didn't happen everywhere and I think describing it as a trail of fiery destruction in their path was a bit disingenuous in the description but let me get back to it was it their choice what will become of those left behind Why did Alex's beloved Aunt Marla transform, but her mother did not? Alex doesn't know. It's taboo to speak of. Forced into silence, Alex nevertheless must face the consequences of this astonishing event. A mother more protective than ever, an absentee father, the upsetting insistence that her aunt never even existed, and watching her beloved cousin B become dangerously obsessed with the forbidden. Now, this was a Goodreads Choice Award nominee for Best Fantasy of 2022. The main character is a young lady named Alex Green. She is the narrator for this entire event, except it was interspersed with documentary style elements. So there would be one character where they go and 
back to when he was seated before Congress as a witness to testify about his expertise in biology and why women suddenly became dragons. And not all women, but there were, I forget what the number is, they did say it pretty often, but it was like 300,000 women spontaneously became dragons. On the one hand, it is very kind of heavy-handed in its mythology, in its metaphors. There's no really gray area ever in this book. And it is set up as almost a historical, it's fiction. I'd label it as a historical fantasy memoir, I suppose. A young girl whose mother did not become a dragon, but who was dealing with cancer Her aunt did become a dragon and the impact of her cousin coming to live as her sister and how the world treated this situation by ignoring that it ever happened. Like if you had a family member that became a dragon, they were stricken from being mentioned or ever spoken about or thought about. I do say that this is for adults. I would not recommend it for a young adult. Just due to some of the elements that they talk about, there is domestic abuse in it. There's some other elements that really are approached and talked about in a more mature sense. So that is When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill, and I liked it pretty well. I will admit that in the middle, it got a little tedious for me because it was a lot of telling and not necessarily showing or experiencing. If you look at Goodreads and the reviews there, one of the ones that I'd rather agree with is that it really could have been a more impactful story if it had been a short story. Now, The Girl Who Drank the Moon, I absolutely recommend that one. So you can go check that one out. And that one is more of a middle grade book, but I really enjoyed that one. I did finish the book I mentioned last month. In fact, I finished it not too long after the podcast was posted. That one was Daughter of the Moon Goddess, and it was a fine story. It fell into a couple of the tropes expected of that genre, the main character being exceptionally skilled, but then when those skills don't serve the plot line, they sort of get forgotten or they're not as effective or or what have you. So nothing was really unexpected that came along. The relationships followed the tropes that they needed to follow, but it was a really nice adventure. So last month's mystery book was made into a really popular Hulu series. It, It was The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. This month's mystery book is... In the year 1878, I took my degree of Doctor of Medicine of the University of London and proceeded to Netley to go through the course prescribed for surgeons in the army. Having completed my studies there, I was duly attached to the 5th Northumberland Fusiliers as assistant surgeon. The regiment was stationed in India at that time, and before I could join it, the Second Afghan War had broken out. 
If you think you know the opening lines to this mystery novel, please share it with us. You can comment on our podcast page or send an email at ata at hcpl.net. Thank you for joining us here at Atascacita Branch Library's Advanced Copy. If you like this program and you wish to share it with others, we hope that you do. Like and subscribe, leave us a comment, and we will hopefully bring back some more information for you next month. You've been listening to Atascacita Library Advanced Copy. Find information on media used and resources mentioned on our podcast webpage. This podcast is produced by the staff of Atascacita Branch Library, a part of the Harris County Public Library System. Funds for the podcast are provided by a grant from Best Buy through the Friends of Atascacita Library. Find out more about this 501c3 organization at foal.ws. That's F-O-A-L dot W-S.